This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, hello and welcome. I am super excited that you just said yes to sitting down with me. Um, This podcast has been a passion project of mine for years now. And no matter how many interviews I have, no matter how many guests I have, I get just excited about every, everything she says. Yes, I'll sit down on your podcast and and share a little bit about myself with all of your listeners who I have no idea who they are. So, um, So I'm going to give you the the mic and give you a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners. If you would start by sharing your name, where you're from and what you stand for. Oh, the last question. The first two were so easy. The last one. No, my full name is Kenya McGuire Johnson. Um, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, Um, but I do not live there now. I'm actually based in the Chicago area uh cold Chicago although it's getting better the weather is shifting the weather is shifting and as far as what do I stand for gosh Keyshawn this changes like huh? um today no I think okay, today is fine <laughs> ultimately I just stand for peace you know I mean I, I think uh inner peace inner peace because I, I think we keep trying to have all this external peace without and bypassing inner peace. So my, my point is, let me see how much I can support others in, in their inner peace and, and do the same for myself. Mm. So. What are some ways that you're supporting yourself with, with tapping into that sense of inner peace? Yeah, I am very deliberate in this space now um, after having so much difficulty with mm-hmm. that. Um, I think at this point, there's some obvious things. There's the kind of Okay, yes, I do do meditation. I do practice, um, you know, doing, you know, some, a little bit of yoga. I actually do more of what's called Pyo, um, which is a combination of Pilates and yoga. Um, so those are kind of my physical areas of getting to the inner peace because there's a stillness that kind of physically has to happen for me to get in my stillness. Um, but it's really about just, you know, me constantly working on listening to my intuition, um, paying attention to, you know, what is my soul calling me to do right now mm-hmm. and not my ego. And that's, I, there's a dance that our ego and our soul does. Um, so I'm constantly trying to get the ego just to calm down a bit so I can get into the soul. And that, that gives me, that gets me there. Can you tell me a little more about what that dance looks like? Because when you said that, that like, I I felt a little chill, like the ego and the soul doing a dance, because, you know, we often hear in, you know, spiritual conversations or conversations like this, where people might talk about, you know, quieting the ego, or in some cases, killing the ego, silencing the ego, but I've never heard it described as more of an integration between the ego and the soul. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes. And that's why I do say dance because our ego is necessary. Like we are human beings and that's, that's, it's our ego that gives us the human space Mm -hmm. of this. So it's important not to ignore it. It's important not to defeat it because Mm -hmm. it will just rise louder in very non-productive ways. So I was trained by a spiritual mentor years ago to think of your ego, two ways to think of it as a dance where the soul is leading is the lead. Mm-hmm. So the ego is still a part of, you know, the activity, but the soul is leading the dance and the ego follows more. Also thinking of when the ego is starting to get really loud and taken over and that's the chatter, that's the anxiety, that's the worry when you're getting it constantly in that space, that's the ego kind of taking the driver's seat 
And mm. so telling the ego to go in the backseat and let the soul be the driver. Mm. And so the ego is still there. It's mm -hmm. still present. It's just not leading the, the journey. And that's, that's kind of, for me, I have to, when I feel the chatter, feel the anxiety, feel the worry, um, I know, okay, I'm allowing ego to be the leader right now. So let's get it back in position um, and lean into the soul. I mean, I'm making this clear and pretty in, in talking because <laughs> in action, it's different. Oh yeah, the completely oh, different. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the theory. And, and, and that's the theory, the there theory, we go. But that, that's the practice. That's I, the practice, I, it is. Yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when we, when I, when we think about a lot of this, a lot of these spiritual practices, I think the terminology that we use around them is really important is, is it is a practice and practice doesn't make perfect. It makes progress. And mm. so the more that we progress in our practices, the more perfect we might feel because we feel like we're more in alignment. We feel like we're more connected with our true self. We feel like we're more in that rhythm, in that dance. And it's when we're out of practice, just like with a physical practice, you know, you know, when it's been a long time, when you've been on your yoga mat or when you've been in a Pilates yeah. class, your body is like, girl, right. You out of practice. You know what I'm saying? So yes. your soul, so to speak, and your spirit will, will kind of give you that same, like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been a while. Let's take this <laughs> kind of slow. You know what I mean? Versus right. like, sometimes we push ourselves into these practices because especially if it's if it's new you know I remember the very first yoga class that I went to was with a sister friend of mine who I've known for years and it was you know a time in my life where I just I needed something different I needed something new and something special and something that was a little bit challenging mm. and she said okay come with me to this yoga class and I'm thinking okay cool I was an athlete in high school I know how to stretch <laughs> you know I was a cheerleader I could I could stand on one leg whatever got balanced <laughs> little did I know you know what I mean what I was walking into and little did I know that my sh my flexibility and my physical strength and balance didn't mean diddly squat in this class oh because I had to tap into that ego. I had to tap into that at the time that felt less like a dance and more like a battle, you know, mm. that was going on mentally where one part of myself was saying, you can do this, this is easy. And the other part of myself was saying, but what if you mess up and everybody laughs at you? Like all these things <laughs> right. were going on, you know what right. I mean? So right. yeah, can you Absolutely. tell me a little bit about maybe some of your first experiences getting into some of these practices and, and what that felt like for you? I mean, uh, you know, honestly, for me, it's, it's, a, it's an evolution, right? It's, it's you're constantly evolving. So um, this all started for me back in 2009 is when I really kind of was like, okay, so now what is meditation? And so now what? <laughs> What are we doing? So I've always believed in the power of mentors and the power of community and not attempting to, I'm not a person that really hops on YouTube a lot and tries to figure it out mm -hmm. like that. I might look at it mm -hmm. and kind of investigate, but ultimately I really do better when I have some level of human show me the way or talk right. to me about this. Right. Um, so a lot of mentoring, a lot of um, people telling me how they have been able to integrate spiritual modalities in their own lives so that I could see it and hear about it in more everyday realistic ways as opposed to always just reading about it or mm -hmm. you know social media on it. So yeah, I think that I just, you know, I kind of I am the type of person though once I do get interested, I, I'm like, let me just try it and let me let me make my mistakes and then go ask my questions. Mm -hmm. And um so yeah, it's been a it's been a process, and for me, I did a big spiritual retreat back in two thousand nine, and that was when I was really introduced to this whole even idea of a modality of a spiritual modality. What does that even mean? Right. And understanding that simply going for a walk, simply listening to sounds at certain frequencies, is a modality to getting tapped into your intuition and your spirit. So, right, and a, a lot of mentorship to get me started. And right, right, I. I like asking folks that question. And so far in the four years that I've been hosting this podcast in the 30 plus guests that I've had, no one said, well, Keyshawn, I learned this when I was a kid. That's cool. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> no right. one said that. <laughs> no. That no, has not no, been anyone's right. answer so far. And it, no. it, 
it's so interesting to me that we're experiencing this, you know, awakening, this second education, this mentorship in our adult lives at a point where we're like, man, if I had known this, <laughs> and like even the seventh grade would have been helpful. Now people are, I mean, the young, I mean, it is a very different world. I mean, I see school, certain, you know, more privileged school districts, you know, where yoga is a part of their mm -hmm. daily, you know, circles and, and that meditation and calm and all of that, you know, those apps are being used. So I'm really curious to see how those children, because a part of me almost feels like we need to get this at the second, like that's the second half, that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. Because there's a level of, of, of falling down and a level of, of triggering that actually needs to kind of help us so that we're really invested mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't know, maybe because that's just been the way that I've done it. I'm curious to see, but you're right. We're not, I mean, for the most part, absolutely. We're not taught. No, so. no, we're fine. And I, I mean, that's a great point is that I think coming into the world the way that we did, you know, I'm, you know, a 77 baby. So we came into a world where we played on metal slides and right. walked home by ourselves at seven right. years old. For and like two miles. Two miles. Like, you know, I know I walked a long time. I look, I'm like, yep, my mom let me walk that far in second grade. What? Yes, exactly. We had the commercials at 10 o'clock at night. Do you know where your children are? Like that was the world that we came up in. And so I think when we got to that stage in adulthood where we recognized, okay, we've just been kind of like trucking along and pushing through and powering through a lot of stuff that we got to a point where, you know, for me, I kind of hit a wall where I yeah. felt like, okay, I can't keep getting by this way. I have to, I need to, I deserve to actually like embrace life and enjoy life in a new way. And yeah. that's how I started to really lean into these practices and lean into recognizing the value of well-being and the value of, of wellness and the value of rest. You know, like we've talked about several times yeah. in our conversations on Clubhouse, it's yeah. like, you know, these were not things that were necessarily introduced or even modeled for us as kids. However, by the time I think, by the time we really needed them, it was like, well, here you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 No, same here. Same exact, I mean, exact same stories. It wasn't really to my, I mean, I'm 49. So um, it really wasn't until I was around 37, 36, 37, that it hit me that I actually could choose my life. Like literally the idea of choosing your life, I did not even know that that wasn't even a concept that no one had ever said you get to kind of choose your life. It was like, this is what you just do. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think that's still a predominant factor, particularly for our generation of black women um, is this having to remember that you actually have choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that we have choice and that if our choices look different than our mothers or grandmothers who came before us, that that's okay, you yeah. know, for us to be the, the point at which our lineage shifted, it's okay for us to be the pioneers in that way, or for us to be the generators of that change. And that was something that I had to recognize about myself as, you know, I'm the oldest of five kids. And oh, you're the oldest. I didn't realize you were the yes. oldest out of your siblings. I'm the oh. oldest. Yes, I'm the oldest. Nice. So there's four girls and one boy and I'm the oldest wow. and my brother's the baby. And wow. so um, I learned, you know, early on that I needed to lead by example and that there was a certain expectation that fell on me. And, you know, mm. I, it wasn't until I was much older and more mature that I recognized that it wasn't just about leading, for example, as far as like education and things like that but really leading by example, not only for my siblings, but also for my parents and my elders yeah. who came before me to show them this is another way that we can choose, like you said, to be able to choose our life and to choose you know, what our path looks like. And it's okay to, to shift the narrative and to change Absolutely. the paradigms of our families. You know, In so fact, that's the part of the purpose. Like that's part of why we are here. Mm -hmm. is to, to make the shift. And um, I think that concept <laughs> as black people particularly um, is so foreign. The idea of you know, choosing your faith, choosing how you practice your faith, you know, choosing, I mean, that, that still I think is a, a really 
it's a fundamental issue that we have to, as a, as a community, begin to reckon with is understanding our faith, how we need it to be for us and remembering practices that were, you know, taken away, that were taken away from us and stripped from us and hidden from us. And that in fact, you know, we, there's a plethora of our history and of our, of our ancestry that has given us tons of tools mm -hmm. by which to tap into our power. And we've been so, um, so cut off from that, that now we believe it's actually out to get us. And so I, I think it's, 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 yeah, that gets me to a whole other discussion, but it's, it's, a, it's a really important, I'm really passionate about that. And I don't spend a lot of time in my work doing that quite yet, but in my own personal practice, I've really had to work very hard to make sure I understand the fullness of how I can tap into spirit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, for me, it feels, it feels the more that I dive into these practices and the more mentorship, because I, like you, I can pick up a book and read it and conceptualize it and digest it, but having an actual teacher, a guide, a mentor just deepens that connection mm -hmm. for me. And one of my spiritual mentors, um, shout out to queen, uh, she, <laughs> you know, she walked me through experiences that had I attempted to navigate them on, on my own, I know that I wouldn't have gotten mm -hmm. to the point where I am today, you know? Absolutely. And so that is something that I, like you said, specifically choosing my faith and choosing the way that I practice was something that I didn't believe that I could redesign or customize, yeah. you know, or personalize. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really do see that there is something that's happening in our community in particular, where it feels less like new age stuff and yeah. more like the way we did things all the time. <laughs> that, you know? that's, like, that's what's so like mind boggling as I've been learning. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't new. This isn't, this isn't progressive. This is ancient. <laughs> this is how it all began, you know, so it's just been mind blowing to, you know, uncover these, these modalities and, and, and really understanding, you know, just the harm that um, has happened to us as black people beyond what we even understand the harm to be. So, yeah, agreed, agreed. So tell me a little bit about how you're introducing or sharing or offering your own mentorship and guidance around these practices to your community. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm an artist first. I always kind of lead with that meaning I'm, I'm, I'm a singer and a songwriter, but that creative soul, I think is how I, how I begin the conversation, how I, for myself had to begin my own healing. It was music that um, kind of got my attention in my like breakdown <laughs> during my breakdown back in 2008, 2009. Uh, there was a lot of things happening, but I wasn't doing anything creatively and it was creativity that really opened the door. So I would say that my music um, and just being a creative is probably the first channel, but, um, and that's how I have branded so much of myself, but it's just been in the past couple of years that I've been more public and doing more deliberate coaching and healing work um, specifically with black women um, and per, more specifically um, 40 plus um, black women. Although that's starting to shift a little bit too, because um, as I'm just learning more about what my skills are and the things that I have to offer, I realize that there's a bit of a bridging of generations that I feel like I need to tap more into. But um, I do health coaching. I usually start because I think that people are safer um, hearing kind of like, oh, we're going to do, I want to lose weight or I, you know, I want to change into a more plant-based or whole food, or I want to get my nutrition. And so that's another area where I will lead into helping um, people and mostly women um, is with that. But, 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 but once I, it's kind of like, once I get you in the web, it's like, okay, what well, we got to really do though, because this really don't have, I mean, it's about your food, but this is about something way deeper. And that's usually how I'm able to begin to start having conversations more about, you know, so, you know, mindset and, you know, why, why do you think you're in this space? What is making you, you know, have think, choose these different things. And then 
unpeel that onion a bit and start to get more into the spiritual. And I do let people, I do let clients know that this is, if you are not wanting to get into a soul space or purpose or spirit space and only want to focus on just food and nutrition, then I'm probably not going to be the best person to work with you. And my retreats are not going to be the best experiences for you. And because we in my, my idea of this is that, and my philosophy or whatever of this, my practice is that, you know, the mind and the body and the soul are all very connected and they, you can't just focus on one and leave the other behind. So that's typically, that's how it's been. It's been pretty organic. I mean, I have learned along the way mm-hmm. what works um, and what, and it's, it's funny because it's not until much later that people are like, oh, now I see why we're, it's like, yeah, we, we, we got to go way deep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds, I mean, that sounds very similar to, you know, my approach with, with my clients, you know, they see, oh, you coach small business owners and you, you are a business consultant and you help people build businesses. And it's like, yes, I do. And within the first <laughs> discovery session, before we even get to talking about a marketing plan, right. strategy, yep. we're going to uncover the real you know, we're going to uncover the root. We're going to uncover the person that's behind this business. And it's exciting for me is to see, like you said, that aha moment, that light bulb moment where they say, oh, that's why I've had so much turnover. That's such a hard time. Oh, that's, it ain't got nothing to do with that. This is about my mama. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's about my mama. Yes. You know what I mean? This is, this is about my other, mama. I got yes. some whole other stuff yes. that I haven't uncovered, that I haven't addressed, that I haven't even explored. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Because that, that holistic approach, that mind, body, spirit integration approach is something that is often overlooked because people Absolutely. are looking at the result. Yep. Yeah to the result just give me to the end game give me to the finish line and you know as you know at being a person who does this work you know from your own experience that you can't just go from point a to point z you gotta go absolutely every little marker along the way yeah there's no shortcut and when you know when i started i you know i i have a master's degree in counseling but that was and and there's no but to that my I was really focused in more higher ed and I still do higher ed um, where I work with students. And so um, I would say that's where I kept my hat on. But then when I started getting back into my music, um, I was having such rich experiences with different mentors in music. And, you know, my career was moving so fast and really well that I had a lot of artists come to me to say, oh, how did you get on this, you know, radio station? Or how did you get, you know, this producer, blah, 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 blah. And so I actually started doing artist development coaching. And it was there that I really started realizing, oh my God, like I got to really talk about their mama right now because <laughs> I was thinking we were going to be able to stay in the space of, okay, this you set up this, you know, for this business, for your music, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, we can't even go there because you're stuck. And I knew because of my counseling background, I knew where this was really coming from. Mm-hmm. And so it was there that I realized I was going to have to, do a more holistic way of, of, of coaching these artists and building their business. And so just like what you just explained, and I found that that's where I felt even more my fulfillment and felt like things shine, you know, could shine more was when we went in those spaces. And so that's what kind of carried me over to now, you know, not just working with artists, you know, but really, you know, working with people in their health, but Yeah. 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 And like you mentioned, when you have an interaction with someone, a potential client, or maybe even an existing one where you come up against that kind of resistance that says, well, I'm not, I'm not ready to go there. You know, I'm not really interested in that is, you know, being able to kind of step back and say, okay, well, maybe this isn't the space for you because you know, your approach includes the whole person, not just these little fragmented parts of people's experiences. So I can feel that. I can feel that. You, um, you mentioned briefly, uh, your retreats and I know that (laughs) I, um, I love retreats. You know, I, I feel like I've been going on retreats of, of various kinds. I mean, up until, you know, COVID Mm -hmm. at least once or twice a year, there's like a certain organization that I would, they would do a retreat annually here Mm -hmm. in California and Malibu for like three days up in the mountains. 
and um, transformational experiences is what I've had at retreats. And so anytime I, I see more often now, thank God, <laughs> when I first got into this wellness industry, I tell you, I felt like it was me, myself and I, yeah. just a little brown dot and a whole <laughs> sea of white and just wondering if there was anyone else out there like me. And right. now there's just an abundance specifically of black women that are out here doing this healing work. Yeah. And when I see, you know, a retreat, especially an international one, my yeah. heart gets like bigger and bigger and bigger. So I want you to tell me a little more about your upcoming retreat and, you know, take up as much space as you'd like. Ah, uh, thank you for that. And I'm so glad that you, you know, my goodness, that you, I've been retreating for years because I, I think that that's an area that I wonder, you know, about brown and black communities, you know, do we really understand what that, I mean, we hear about the church retreat and the, you know, and the marriage retreat to the church and, you know, those things, but just these independent self ones, um, you know, so it's really good to hear that. But yeah, I, you know, I have always been very passionate about just curated experiences. And I think that's the artist in me, like, you know, I'm not going to just do a show and just sing on the mic and then leave. Like we want to experience, we want you to come in and the moment you walk through the door, you feel like you're ready for this. And so, that's always been a passion of mine. And I think being in education and working with students, you're constantly curating spaces to allow them to learn and feel safe and ask questions. And so workshopping and you know, retreating has always been just a passion of mine, um, but it's always usually been more academic. But this retreat um, is in Costa Rica. So yes, it is international. And my boutique health wellness um, service is called Finding Your Voice. So. It's a finding your voice, mind, body, and soul retreat. And it's exactly what it says, mind, body, and soul. It is specifically for African-American or women of African descent. Um, they do need to be at least 40 years of age. Although I do have one woman who's 37. So I said, okay, we will let, you know, if you're a little, little bit under that, um, that is fine. Um, and the point really is for what you mentioned earlier, transformation is that's really what it's about. And I targeted this, population, mainly because honestly, that's who I am and that's who most of my clientele are. But I also think that Generation X particularly, although millennials are now in their 40s, hitting 40, but Generation X, we ah, have this heavy conditioning of fit in the box mm -hmm. and our ability to choose our lives, um, you know, like we were just talking about, we're just learning that that is a possibility. So the retreat is really about transformation and um, from the physical to the mental um, and then, you know, the spiritual. And so each day um, we have a, a, a specific theme planned. Every day there's yoga and meditation. That's a part of each day's thing. Everything, we're all grown ass women. So um, if you don't want to participate, that's fine, but it is at your disposal. Every day there are spa and massage and those more what we understand relaxation. But every day is also a time for us to peel back some layers on our physical wellness is the kind of first full day, mm -hmm. um, the second full day. And this the dates are April 28th through May 3rd, um, in case people are wondering. But um, the second full day is really on relationships. And that's another really passionate area that I have that I'm being pulled more and more to start talking about relationships and not just um, self-relationships, which is a given when you're doing this work, mm -hmm. but love relationships and how they impact our healing and how they're a critical actually part, a pivotal part of our individual healing, being in, in, in romantic relationship. Um, so we'll be pulling back relationship and manifestation and cultivation of that. And then we have a full day full of just rest where we don't have anything scheduled. You go, you do, you sleep, you eat. I don't care, whatever, get at the beach, whatever, you know, really committed to your rest. Although every day, every afternoon is committed to rest too. So these workshops are only morning workshops and then you, we do lunch and everything is plant-based eating um and but but it's gourmet plant-based eating so it's not just eating salads and leaves mm -hmm. um and then your afternoons are full of rest and then that one day is all rest and then the last day is a spiritual pathways day mm -hmm. and by then I, I save that for last because that is where we have to feel our most safe that's where we really need to be willing to um, get in these vulnerable spaces. And so, um, and it's really an introduction to help women begin to be curious about how 
what we were just talking about. What are other ways we can tap into soul and into spirit outside of religion, um, outside of formal doctrine? How can we hold our religion and still use modalities and nurture ourselves? So that's you know what that is. And then you know they fly away the next day. So it's a really I'm really excited for it. I had done some virtual retreats when COVID first started, and the women the the biggest thing that women said is I want to see everyone in person. So the moment we can be in person. Let's do it. And, you know, Costa Rica, honestly, that was a completely spiritual. I, I have certain aspects of, um, you know, I can hear and feel when my ancestors and when spirit, God, everything is telling me to move. Mm -hmm. And so it was, and it's very, it's, it's, they don't play around because it's not like a, oh, what? It's like a, you need to go to Costa Rica. And I'm like, wait, what? Like what? I don't have, I don't know anything about how to start a retreat in Costa Rica, but that was the message, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. And there was just a divine order of events that happened that led me to um, Imaloa Institute, um, which is in Costa Rica. That's where we'll be hosting it. And um, the resort, I know you're familiar with it. Um, it's a health and wellness they specifically only host health and wellness um, retreats and it's only one retreat at a time. So we will have the whole space, which is a whole campus, yeah. waterfalls, it's all, I set it up so that all my accommodations, cause we're grown women are mm -hmm. single accommodations. So you won't be sharing rooms, you get your mm -hmm. own individual space. And um, I'm just insanely excited. So at this point we were, we're only taking 15 women and we have four spots left. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's where we're at. So we're about, I guess, almost about six weeks away from it. So I'm totally excited. Well, six weeks of the time of recording this. But I'm not right, sure. That's right. Really yeah. Is. No, that's, that's yeah. exciting. And I'm, I'm so happy for you. And yes, I, I got a chance to chat with the folks at Emaloa Institute and they came highly recommended. And it's interesting because yeah. a friend of mine and I were planning a retreat in January of 2020. Mm. And then, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> and so that was that, but it remained, you know, on my radar. So when I saw, I was like, oh, she's going to Imaloa. Yes. That's going to yeah. be so, so it's, yeah. it's exciting. And, and what, when I think about my retreat experiences, you know, yeah, as a kid, the first retreats I went to, they were church retreats, they were revivals, you know, <laughs> right, revival, right. revival experience where it felt like less retreating and <laughs> a lot of reviving, you know what I mean? So right, right. it wasn't until, you know, entering adulthood that um, I experienced my first like, you know, all women's retreat. And actually I come from a huge, huge family and there's predominantly women in my family. Mm. And so for a couple of years, the women in my family would gather for a women's retreat and there was like 25 of us. And so oh, wow. we were doing our own, you know, retreats yeah. in our own circles and our own rest days. And yeah. it was something that just kind of became part of our, our norm. And so I've had the, the opportunity to be a part of yoga retreats and meditation retreats and silent retreats. Mm. <laughs> I said, that's another level. I've that's thought about level. them, but okay. another level. That's another level. Yeah. Silent retreat uh, in Joshua Tree, California. Oh, wow. 10 days of a posh. Oh, 10 days. Oh, girl. I'm pretty yeah. sure I just levitated <laughs> after that. <laughs> Pretty sure I could I could I could move time and objects. I'm out here in the matrix at day. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it was deep and it was it, and it was very intentional as well. And what yeah. I like about creating containers for black women in particular that are rooted in well-being and the practices of wellness, there's so much value to that because we are still an underserved community of human Absolutely. beings. And Absolutely. so we often get overlooked or even if we do plug into some of these other retreats we're still the minority right and something that just can be limiting when we think about the transformational experiences that we want people to have that when you look around and you see yourself mm -hmm. you know you see yes. your experiences you see other women who walk in the world who have had some of the same microaggressions, some of the same overlooking, some of the same traumas in some cases that you have, it just helps to kind of peel off those layers of armor that we have to Absolutely. walk around with in our Absolutely. world. 
And that's when you can watch a woman literally transform in front of your eyes. Like those are like the coolest experiences about being able to just hold space for people. Absolutely. Well, you just said it beautifully. And I, 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 I really hope that the women who are attending understand exactly what you just said, that this is a, a curated, not just a space, but an actual curated space for Mm -hmm. you. Um, to to take to let the armor down, and I do think that women, particularly forty five plus, I would say, um, have never been given permission slips. And to the point that I don't, I talk to some women when I do info sessions, who literally still even giving themselves permission slips to even think about considering going to this was difficult. You know, hearing stories of of women like you know, but how can I spend six days? to my, you know, away, like just, just under, just not even understanding that in fact, you have normalized to not even consider curated space for yourself, unless it's in the fashion of, you know, getting lit and kiki and wine and, but, you know, and that, and I do think that's another part, you know, we're going to have fun in this retreat. That's a really big part. You know, every evening I have, you know, uh, you know, dance and you know planned and music obviously I'm a musician so we're not going to be able to go without having some music you know a part of all of this but to understand that it doesn't have to be all or nothing like we don't have to all just be in heavy on you know packing of our triggers um we can have that and then also have space for joy and fun and relaxation um and that we have very whole full lives and just reminding women it's less the retreat is less of me teaching just me facilitating your remembrance Mm -hmm. it's really you have it you already know all about it we're just so disconnected um we need those spaces to remind us of 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 who we are and so that's that's really what the retreat for me is Yeah. yeah especially when you think of oftentimes the only the only opportunities that we black women women in particular create the space for healing is when it's urgent. Yes, in crisis. Yeah, when the right. crisis is already sunk right. in. The illness right, is already taken over. We're like, That's oh shit! Gosh, oh I, shit! Right. I need to take care of myself. I need to take care of myself. You know, and it's like a, it's a, it's a trauma response. It's an, it's Absolutely. an emergency response versus the proactive self care. Let me get, get to preventative you know, let me get ahead of these things so that I can, like you said, remember these practices and remember these experiences and, and remember these tools that I've kind of collected dust maybe in the corner because I didn't (laughs) even know they were available to me. Right. You know, I think that's the part that's valuable. And what's also cool about creating, like you said, these curated containers for black women is community. is being able to connect with other women who say yes to themselves, to say yes to well-being, to say yes to healing, and to be able to see, like, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, and I feel seen. Absolutely. That's for me, that's the sauce. That's the that's the sauce. That's the sauce. And that's, you know, the women who have signed up, that's what that's been one of I always ask them, you know, what was your final, like what made you really want to do this? And it's like, I get to be with other women. Like I'm going to meet other women like this. I mean, everybody has their specific, I need to rejuvenate. I need, you know, I need rest. I need, but 99% of the time it's always also, and I get to be with other women. Um, so yeah, that's a really powerful. And, it, and as black people, that is our, that is our tradition. That's one of our modalities is, mm-hmm. is the collective. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just talking about like, ah, I, I was funny. I was telling a friend of mine yesterday. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to come to my retreat. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm facilitating it. So I gotta, but yeah, it's gonna be dope. Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.
going to switch gears a little bit before we move into the the last segment of our time together. Yes, so absolutely. before every guest comes on the podcast, I like to send out a little questionnaire. And what I like about my questionnaire is that I ask people questions that they often don't get a chance <laughs> to answer. And so um, one of the questions that, you know, I ask is I, I recognize that we all have a story to tell. And I believe that one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I think that everyone's story can serve as a source of inspiration or education or empowerment for others. And I asked the question of, you know, what is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Yeah. 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 You had a great questionnaire. So kudos to you. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. I, you know, I, I have said on the questionnaire, um, I am an educator and I've mentioned this on here now. And it's so funny because so many people, I, you know, I present myself in the social media world as just more artists and wellness and this, but I'm also actually um, have been in higher education. I'm an administrator. Um, I manage student development um, and career development for st undergraduate students at a university um, here in Chicago called Rush University. And those students are all students seeking um, careers in medicine, nursing, physical therapy. They're all pre-med, pre-nursing students. So that's a lot of people don't realize I do that and that I'm actually also the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the College of Health Sciences. <laughs> so I have a very pretty, you know, and, and on faculty and I've been, you know, on various faculties. And so I know a lot of people don't, I think my family is like, wait, when'd you go back to school to even get like, what? Like, it's, it's just not something that, but yeah, that is a, Part. That's how we pay mortgage, and <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal, guys. Okay, yeah. she's, just, she's not just changing the lives of Black women. She's also a song and singer, songwriter and singer, and she's yeah. also on faculty, and she's also yeah running things. So I love that. <laughs> I love that. My another another question from this is, um, if you could reside anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? Yeah. So this is a really urgent thing for me right now because I'm ready to get in that place. Um, so for right now, it's just somewhere warm, 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 warm. I, I you know, I miss, I, I know that my soul is like, okay, we done done 50 years of the cold, you know, you're from Colorado and live in Chicago. Um, so right now, honestly, I've been saying like Florida, um, Georgia, because um, I still would probably remain in the States, but or potentially somewhere out of the country. I'm still investigating, but just somewhere warm. I need heat, sun, water. Water is another massive factor. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. I do appreciate that I live in Long Beach, California. Girl. <laughs> I mean, I love California. If I could afford California, I saw your Instagram, your $8 a you know, girl. <laughs> so this is another reason why I cannot live in California, although everywhere is going to be probably ticking up to that. But um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I somewhere sunny and warm. I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate yeah. that. One thing I like to do is uh, I do a lot of visioning and manifesting and what I call like dream casting. And sometimes I imagine, you know, what my life would be like if certain things were to happen. So one of the questions that I like to ask is if you woke up tomorrow morning with $100 million in your bank account, what is the first thing that you would do? Yeah, I put this and this is, I, I'm not even going to wait for the hundred million, but I have, um, my family has land in Georgia and um, yeah, I'm building and, and doing, you know, either a family compound, a retreat space. I absolutely, I mean, this is something that I'm actually really passionate in. You know, I'm putting, I'm a manifester as well. Um, I'm really big on, you know, speaking things because it holds frequency. Um, and that's how we can, uh, you know, ener energy is like the biggest part of what tapping into these different realms and power is energy and sound is a big part. So yeah, I would, I would go and start building I love on it. the land. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So the last half of my podcast, I like to play a little game called complete the sentence. And so I'm going <laughs> to give you a couple of sentence prompts and you can complete them however you'd like, take up as much or as little space as you want. Okay. So the very first one is, I know I'm fed up when. <laughs> I know I'm fed up when I just shut up. Like I, I get real, when, when I'm real fed up, I go into silent. Like I can't even, I just, 
I can't even. So I know that I'm, I've hit a point if I can't talk. <laughs> I, hear that. I hear that. How about, yeah. I know I'm happiest when? Hmm. I know I'm happiest when there's a sense of um, calm, but also when my life is like, I mean, this sounds so nerdy, but when there's order, like I am a creature. So my moon sign is Capricorn. So I need, you know, I'm a thinker and order. It doesn't have to be, you know, routine or like, like Virgo energy where it's like perfect. Not like that, but there has to. <laughs> no, I'm Virgo I got a lot of Virgos in my family. <laughs> I said not to make fun of my Virgos. I love you. But I do need methodology. And that's where I find my my joy when I know I have a sense of, I guess control is probably there, but just there's a calm and an ease in that. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Shout out to all the Virgos. Um, we love you. <laughs> uh, the last one for complete the sentence is, I know I've made an impact when... Mm. Yeah, I know I've made an impact when people, and I, I think I had mentioned this in maybe the questionnaire, is when people feel that they are their, their, their highest self. Like if I've been able to play a role in helping you recognize your highest frequencies, like that's, I love that. I love when people step into themselves and, you know, really, you know, they'll, they'll want to give me flowers. Like this, I'm not with me. This is you trusting the process mm -hmm. and then allowing yourself to really show up for yourself. So that's, that's what I know. I like that. It's powerful. So the very, very last thing that we do together is a little, it's a little bit of like a mini, mini, mini visualizing meditation. So mm -hmm. I want to just invite you to find a comfortable position for your body. And if you'd like, you can close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose and a long breath out through your mouth. And I invite you to visualize yourself in a time machine and stepping into this time machine, feeling safe and comfortable. We're going to take a trip all the way back into the past. And when the time machine stops and you step out, the first person you see is your 16 year old self. What do you say? Oh, wow. Ah, there's so much more. There's just so much more to, 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 to who you are. <laughs> I think I had such a limited idea of, 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 of who I was. So I think I would just say there's, yeah, there's just so much more to you, not so much in the world, in the world too, but to you so much more. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a deep breath in and a long breath out, stepping back into that time machine, feeling safe and comfortable and going all the way forward. We don't know how far, all the way to the end. What do you want to be remembered for? Hmm. I think, and this changes for me because I think about this. Um, I want to be remembered for as someone who lived out loud and, and in a vibrant space um, so that others understand their own vibrance. You know, just, I, I do feel the more vibrant I can live, the more others can, can not necessarily dote on me, but see that I too have that. So I hope I can leave that energy behind mm. yeah we're going to take one more deep breath in and a long breath out coming back into the present moment and slowly blinking open your eyes mm. that's such good quick gosh Keyshawn you get therapy during your podcast interview <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. So the last gift that I have for you is um, I've been working with this Oracle deck oh. of E since I first started this podcast back in the day when I was recording from the front seat of my car. And um, this is a deck of 52 cards. They're super fun, super lighthearted. So I just want you to pick a number between one and 52. 
I gotta say 11. That's 11. Like 11. All right. All right. All right. All right. So the message off of number 11 is bring it. <laughs> bring it, Kim. Okay. Okay. Bring it. Okay. And it's so funny because I was going to say a different number, but my soul's like, no, you need to pick 11. And I'm okay. like, really? So, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the message for bring it is wow. You are brave and fearless these days. Even if it doesn't feel that way, you are being called to take off your armor and leap. Today is the day to call fear out as the wimpy imposter that it is. It is time to go for it. Wow. See? That's why I said, listen to that voice, because I sure enough was going to say six. And it's like, no, you're not. Say 11. I'm like, really? I don't know if I feel that. <laughs> so, but there we go. There you go. So there it is. I receive it. I will, because I, I need, I mean, I think as I'm getting closer to the retreat and the land and all these things, I'm like, eh. So bring it. Okay. I'll bring it. I bring it. Well, awesome. I have enjoyed this conversation as I enjoy sure. all of our conversations. <laughs> and I just, you know, I just want to say thank you again for saying yes to being a guest on my podcast. You know, Absolutely. I I see the work that you're doing and I'm so inspired and just feel privileged to be a part of your expanding community. And mm. I just, I'm so grateful and and proud of you just for standing in your purpose in such a bold and audacious way. I, this work is, is no small thing and you are creating containers for black women to heal, which yeah. is a powerful, powerful thing that you're taking. <sighs> on. So. Keyshawn, thank you so much. I mean, I told you the first time I heard your voice on Clubhouse, I immediately was like, I need to know her. I need to know her. And so this has just been so beautiful to have this kind of full circle to be a guest on your podcast and just to be doing other things with you and discussion. So I appreciate you and congratulations to you. You're doing such amazing work yourself. I'm, I'm gonna need to talk to you about your business coaching. Cause I'm like, her branding is so beautiful. Like how's everything? So hum is like so organized. So I love it. So thank you. Thank my you. Pleasure. My pleasure, my pleasure. So enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, I'll be talking to you later on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tonight. All righty. All okay. right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now, in this moment, I see the light. I see the love. The wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.